0: Hi and welcome to the We Need Roads podcast and hey you, you can your damn hands off her. I'm your host Neil Gregory and as always I'm joined by my co-host David Long. How's it going David?
1: It's going alright Neil, I think you owe me an apology as well.
0: Oh, no, I don't owe you an apology.
1: Uh, who, won, who won the uh, Twitter poll? You were trying to get me to stop with my jokes. And uh, who won that Neil?
0: You mobilising a few of your friends to rig an internet poll on Twitter is not worthy of an apology. Now we only had, like, I eight know. votes, so... I know. you know, so six <laughs> again, for that, you, two for that me. Is,
1: that is the max amount of friends that I have.
0: So, coming up in this week's episode, we're going to take a look at the new trailers for Disney Plus's Loki and Zack Snyder's zombie action flick, Army of the Dead. In our What We've Been Watching section, we're going to be taking a look at Apple TV Plus with their shows Servant and Cools, I'll also be extolling the virtues of the TV adaptation of Snowpiercer to David, and for our main feature today, we're going to take a spoiler-filled trip to the Hollow Earth with some giant lizard versus monkey action in Godzilla versus Kong. Now, Team Kong! A few of you... Team Kong! Yeah, everyone's Team Kong. I mean, that's not a spoiler. I you're know. Just, yeah. But Team anyway, Kong, I
1: just wanted to say. I'm
0: going to hit you with his magic axe in a minute. Now, as a few of you have pointed out, we do need to put in more spoiler warnings and make it a bit more concrete when we're going to get into spoiler territory like we should have just done before I said Magic Axe. But from here on in, we will only discuss spoilers in our main features. And before you do, you will hear this. Spoilers? Where we're going, there are nothing but spoilers. So first up in news this week, we have Disney Plus's new trailer for Loki, which will be with us June 11th for six episodes. So from the trailer, the basic setup looks like that because Tom Hiddleston's Loki... Messed around with the Tesseract, he essentially has broken time. And now he is in the clutches of the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Uh, they are led by Owen Wilson's bizarrely named character, which I didn't realise till I did some research, Which, and he's called Mobius M. Mobius. And uh, they enlist him, seemingly against his will, to help them fix the time variance issues that he has caused. Hmm, sounds very, very similar to DC's Legends of Tomorrow, or a bit of Doctor Who, with perhaps even a smidgen of Quantum Leap thrown in. Uh, the show also features Gugu Mbatha-Raw as a brilliantly named Ravona Alexis Renslayer, one of the TVA's judges, and also has his house's Wumi Masako as Hunter B-15, another TVA member. Now, this version of Loki is a time aberration himself, which means he hasn't undergone the redemptive arc from Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame yet. So at this point, he's still an out-and-out villain. Remember, this was a Loki from Avengers Assemble who was working for Thanos in acquiring the Infinity Stones. So, what do you think of the trailer so far, David?
1: Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. I'm excited for it because, like, let's face it, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier's just dead. That's that's (laughs) completely died on me. So I, I want a decent, a better marvel tv show again to really go on the like coattails of what uh wandavision did which was decent at the end and falcon <laughs> and the winter soldier uh, is not good and now or, we're a decent one so i feel like they're going like okay we're going good bad good
0: or as i thought wandavision which was great from the first episode and just got better till the end and winter and um falcon and winter soldier which has been a bit all over the place when episode four was brilliant and then the um, the new episode 5 that I've just watched this past weekend was really not that great, I didn't think, at all.
1: What Loki has going for it as well is that it's Tom Hiddleston and the character Loki is like a massive fan favourite. Well, exactly. What every- He's like every teenage girl's favourite character.
0: Well, exactly. What you've got here is you've got a main protagonist who we already care about from the films. So unlike WandaVision, where, you know, uh, Wanda and Vision were kind of ancillary side characters in the Avengers... Yeah. And Falcon and the Soldier with Bucky and Sam. Exactly the who same. They were side characters. Exactly and the same problem, yeah. Here, you've got a main character played by the best, you know, the, the great actor yeah. doing it. I mean,
1: even Owen Wilson looks good in this trailer.
0: I, I've like, always I, got time I've, for Owen Wilson.
1: Owen Wilson. I can think of one film that I've liked him in. No, there's more. There's loads. One, I can think of The Royal Ten and Bounds, and that's it. Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I probably should watch more of his films. But yeah. No, Owen Wilson. Anyway... He, 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 I don't normally like Owen Wilson, and but you you like even him, him even even in this, he looks good. He looks good. So I mean, yeah,
0: we've got six episodes in season one, and apparently they're already planning a season two, so that bodes well. Um, Now, not much is known about the showrunner Michael Waldron, except he has worked extensively with Dan Harmon uh, on Community back in the day and Rick and Morty. So hey, if you're gonna do someone who knows how to deal with time travel, someone who writes on Rick and Morty is probably a good bet. And obviously, he must have done such a good job on Loki that he's now currently working uh, on the Doctor Strange sequel as well. So clearly, this guy knows his uh, time paradoxes. A little bit more of back information about the TVA. I've been Googling around, and the Time Variance Authority is the creation of a character called He Who Remains, who at the end of time is the final director of the TVA. However, shenanigans occur in the comic books, a lot of shenanigans, and it's way too much to explain. But essentially, it leads to a creation of uh, villains called the Time Twisters and I think they could be our villains with this show coming up I mean I love, my, one of my favourite bits early on in the trailer is the scene where he drops into the office and he says please confirm this is everything you've ever said please sign this, great man if, if it's got that kind of tone to it you know, you know, if it's got that tone the whole way through then I'm, I'm going to be, con- I mean I'm there for it already man but yeah, it yeah, looks really was, good
1: that was a good reenactment there for the trailer
0: we also know Richard E. Grant is going to be in the show and Looking at the likeness between him and Tom Hiddleston, I'm wondering whether he's actually going to play Loki's real father or a version of old Loki himself. Also, there's news that Sofia DiMartino is heavily rumoured to be playing a female version of Loki called Lady Loki, and apparently that character is actually the current main comic book iteration of the Loki character. So they've gender swapped him. So I wonder whether that's something that we might see permanently going forward with this character after the show. So they're definitely going to explore i I wonder if that's where the show's going to get into quantum leap territory where Loki's jumping into different timelines, but he's in different bodies, maybe
1: right, okay, they could do a lot with that they, I mean they could they go, definitely... yeah they they i mean they've got so much scope to go with. they've written themselves so well that they could just do anything at this point, even within, though because, even because though he's almost like in a because he's because it's completely different universe' it's complete undetached. To the timeline that we're on, they can just do whatever and there's basically no consequences. Unless they tie it back. Well, like you say, this
0: Loki isn't the original Loki from the last couple of films. The one that uh, gets killed. Because our Loki's
1: dead. Well, dead, like so far as
0: we know. No, he's totally dead. This will be the. What will happen, I'm assuming, if they want to keep. If Killerson wants to keep going with it, and Marvel do, that this Loki will undergo a similar kind of thing where he'll then be the good guy Loki at the end of the show. Um, for the next series, and then that way you can bring him back into the uh, the main continuity. Bring back again.
1: into our t- yeah, into our continuity because well, it, how... it's getting complicated. It's going to get so complicated with how many yeah, I different timelines think... and fac- like how stuff isn't related to other things and how this stuff can happen and other stuff not happen. When you when you've opened that time travel box, like it's open now. Like the I mean, I think
0: out. having said that, it's uh, I do think that it's very reminiscent storyline wise of. Um, well, I mean, like I said earlier in uh, the thing, uh, it's very similar to Quantum Leap. It's very similar to DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which ironically was like a uh, a pretty shoddy Doctor Who ripoff when it started. And then when they realized, OK, the more goofy the it we go, the funnier and better it got. And um, that literally had the same plot line that they broke time and they had to travel around in a spaceship going to different periods throughout history and fixing what they fucked up now this sounds like a very similar show obviously though with Marvel's budget and writing behind it but uh, yeah just a little shout out to Legends of Tomorrow which is still a really good show um, when it's on
1: yeah it's quite exciting that um, the guy that was doing Rick and Morty is on it as well so at least you know that it's going to be all the time travel stuff and the nuances of it at least yeah. it's going to be done
0: and if it's got that pace it's of Rick and, Rick and Morty as well, level at
1: least you know yeah
0: yeah exactly so yeah I'm I'm kind of really looking forward to that So uh, Loki will be leading us all into mischief and trickery from June 11th on Disney+. So now, after our heated debate about the Snyder Cut on the last episode, I've copped a little bit of shit from some Snyder bros, because apparently you can't have a dissenting opinion on the internet, which, if you were listening, I do not hate Snyder. His Dawn of the Dead, although written by James Gunn, was great, Watchmen is one of the best superhero films of its time. Wait,
1: wait, wait! Sorry, even though so you were trying to apologise, and then you still had that I, I'm little not apologizing, cut. I'm not apologising. You just, still had no. a little dig there. No, no, I'm Snyder. not apologising. Yeah, but okay, whatever you were doing. No, it's you, just this weird black saying, and white thing where you. either think he's like. I like *Story of ever. the Dead*, although it was written by James. No. <laughs> so yeah. A little dig. Because, yeah, because I think oh, just Snyder throwing is throwing some shade. Neil, he's just throwing oh, some shade. Because Snyder <laughs> is a brilliant
0: visual director, but. Story, script writing and story writing, um, script writing isn't one of his fortes. Watchmen was brilliant because it was based on one of the best graphic novels of all time.
1: A lot of hated Watchmen though. I think, yeah, we're, including... I think we're the ones because we both liked it.
0: No, no. So... I, 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 am, I know quite a few people who think Watchmen of its time in the early 2000s was like one of the best because it finally gave that adult take on a superhero story you know it was dark it was br- I mean you know it's almost a full run yeah, of yeah, the no, sh- no, stuff no, you get in these I, I still,
1: days I still think we're the odd ones out in thinking but, okay, in liking but, Watchmen
0: but proof but getting back to my point on that was yeah. Watchmen uh, you know Dawn of the Dead written by James Gunn Watchmen written by Alan Moore 300 but don't know who wrote it I might have been Snyder himself but the first film Snyder did that was 100% his from start to finish where he wrote it directed it was Sucker Punch which was just an unbelievable pile of crap Um, And also, I wasn't a fan of his dark, (laughs) gloomy, serious version of the DCU. Fortunately, though, this week, the trailer to his new film, Army of the Dead, um, that's a Snyder I want to see. This looked brilliant. Yeah, it looks Uh, so
1: good.
0: Right, so a little bit on the trailer. It stars Dave Bautista in the lead role as Scott Ward, a former zombie war hero, now flipping burgers. The film takes place in a world that is post-zombie war, but with the entirety of Las Vegas walled off as a zombie infection zone. Ward is approached by a casino boss, Bly Tanaka, played by Hiroyoku Sanada, to break into the quarantine zone and recover $200 million from an underground bunker before the army nukes the city from the air within 32 hours. So what we have is a first, to my knowledge, zombie casino heist film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The trailer even begins with Kenny Rogers' classic song, The Gambler. And now where I give Snyder shit for his slow-mo song montages, in a film like Justice League... It doesn't work because it's so dark and serious. In a film like this, where it's bright, gaudy, it's Vegas and it's entertaining. It worked perfectly. The song "The Gambler" by Kenny Rogers that played throughout the trailer—it's perfect, man. It's and you know when you've got all the slow motion shots of guns being fired, of course, man, it works perfectly. I mean, I like where you see the lights flick on in the casino and just see the piles of body paint yeah. in the middle of the floor. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. It's, you know, you it, get
1: there's so many little cool moments in that trailer.
0: Oh, yeah, you get Batista studying blueprints, Star Wars style. Uh, you get the standard team recruitment montage. I was like, okay, this feels like a Fast and the Furious film. It, yeah, it, was, it,
1: it did. It, felt, it feels like yeah.
0: Fast and the Furious zombie heist. Zombie heist. Um, and then, of course, for me, the best moment, well, one of the best moments of the trailer, is that massive reveal shot of the teeming mass of zombies. And then we also quickly learn right after that that our heroes are fucked. Why are they fucked? Because they are not what you think they are. They are smarter, they are faster, they are organised. Yeah, so what yeah. it seems we're getting is we're getting clever and fast zombie combo um, that clearly most of
1: the characters in the film were not expecting. Yeah, he's taking he's taking the zombie drama and just cranking it up to 11. He's he's, he's revitalising it. Well, he had fast I mean, zombies I mean, in I mean, Dawn of the Dead, it, didn't people, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there were fast zombies in Dawn of the Dead, which, yeah, I think... Zack Snyder, he's going to revitalize the zombie drama. I mean, I hope so anyway, because the zombie the drama—corpse of the zombie I think, drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, let's face it, uh, the Walking Dead is just—it's it's dried up, right? It's a dried well right now. Um, it yep. started off. It has awesome become with, its name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, and Dawn of the Dead, which was my first, I think, my first ever zombie film, the uh, Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Oh, really? Oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like in two thousand and four. So I'd have been what? How old would I have been? 12? Yeah, maybe, probably a bit too young to watch that film. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, just just a little. <laughs> but that was my first, uh, zombie film that I watched. And I, f- it fucking freaked me out that the zombies fucking, if they ran at you.
0: So you, you hadn't know, heard and of every, 28 and Days every
1: Later, so. Sort of yeah, so, no, 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 I hadn't. Every zombie I watched film after that, sorry, had been all the sort of slow paced, like Romero zombies, you know, where they're just like, uh. Yeah. And, uh, Except 28 Days like, Later, like, which did Fast Somers first. Movies. Yeah, and then I watched 28 Days Later. And then no, right, 28 okay, so here's a question
0: for you. Did you prefer 28 Days Later or Dawn of the Dead?
1: Dawn of the Dead's got a bit of nostalgia for me, because like I said, it was the first one I yeah. watched.
0: Okay, And I cool. did Fair really
1: enough. like Dawn of the Dead. Although, if you just yeah. to put the two films against each other, 28 Days Later is probably the better film.
0: Uh, I think the problem with 28 Days Later is it's got a brilliant, an amazing start, a really good middle, and a crap end. Uh, whereas I think Dawn of the Dead is pretty good, the, pretty great the whole way through.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah uh, but I, I think I, I think it would
0: be sacrilege to say though that. But I think the start of Twenty Eight Days Later is a million times better than the start of Dawn of the Dead. I got a question so. for you.
1: Did you prefer Romero's Dawn of the Dead or Snyder's Snyder's Dawn of the
0: Dead? Ooh, I, I'm going to be controversial. Both really really good. Saying, I'm going to be controversial and say Snyder's.
1: Yeah, they're both really good. I'd say Snyder's as well, just because, like I've mentioned before, that it's. Nostalgic to me. Um, but Romero's but- would be for everyone else. Night of the Living yeah, but- Dead's fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, and the Dawn obviously- of the Dead was
1: just as good.
0: But I think I wonder if the initial setup of this film is actually going to share any DNA with the uh, book version of World War Z, right? So the, the film version of World War Z, despite being a big hit, is absolutely gash compared to the book. The book is brilliant. But right. in that and but and the book of World War Z is set after the Zombie War happened. And the The setup of the book is every chapter is uh, a journalist traveling around the world getting everyone's stories of how they survived the zombie war. And in this film, this is the first time I think we're seeing it where the film's set after a zombie war. You know, hopefully, perhaps the success of that, this film coming up, might actually drive on so that we actually get a proper adaptation of World War Z then. Because that's just sitting there waiting to be done properly. Because, like I say, the book, uh, the, the current film of World War Z with Brad Pitt bears no resemblance really at all. To the uh, brilliant book,
1: right? I mean, I haven't, I haven't read the book. Read I've the obviously book, s- I've seen the, I've seen the Brad Pitt film, obviously, but I haven't, I haven't read the book. Do you think that the Dawn of the Dead film from the Snyderverse is going to be related to from the Snyderverse? Have I just created a Snyder zombieverse? Um, zombieverse. Uh, uh, do you reckon? Do you, anyway, do you reckon? Well, it, Dawn of the Dead will be related to Army of the Dead in any way? P-
0: potentially, potentially could be. The only problem is, uh, if you go by the end credits of Dawn of the Dead, everyone died in it. And also, and the world was overrun. Everywhere. Exactly. So they even mentioned it; it was localized. And also, we didn't really know that. I don't really know if we really knew the time it was set in. Yeah. Uh, and same with this. So, uh,
1: and the uh, I zombies mean, they... do seem like like intelligent zombies. Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's another big uh, difference from Dawn of the Dead.
1: Uh, I think you could
0: probably. F- there's one thing I think you have to have a ca- uh, one thing that maybe links the two films, and that is, as it's set in Vegas, we sure as hell better get another Richard Cheese track. Uh, because his version of Down with the Sickness is one of, with a montage in the middle of Dawn of the Dead was one of the great bits. And being a Vegas lounge music, musician, legend, Richard Cheese, is surely he's got to either have a cameo in the film or they've got to use some of his music. And I think that'd be like the little Easter egg that ties the two films together. Right. You okay. can't have a Vegas film and not have Richard Cheese in it <laughs> and have a zombie film in it when he was already in a zombie film and it wasn't in Vegas. Yeah. So yeah, more Richard Cheese.
1: Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, I think that'd
0: be the little... The little ties between the two I mean we do see a little bit in the trailer that's clearly from the end of the film as well when you see the jets shooting over the strip and just bombing the fuck out of everything so that looks really cool as well but I mean the one thing everyone is talking about from the trailer and that of course we can't forget that's a goddamn zombie
1: tiger (laughs) zombie tiger yeah oh, that, right, the okay. zombie and tiger thought, the zombie tiger was actually the one thing I disliked about, <laughs> about the trailer just because it didn't look great or yeah. uh, not because it didn't look great because I don't I kind of don't want to see a zombie tiger right oh, no, my it, like, I
0: my yeah, point I, I, yeah. I had to think about this right how is a zombie tiger any different or more effective than a real tiger right it's a cool image in the trailer but yeah, as everyone yeah. was losing their shit about the zombie tiger well zombie or not a tiger will Even, still kill yeah. and eat you <laughs> Yeah. And if it's a zombie, it might just be a bit more More slower. aggressive,
1: perhaps? Well, no, it'd be
0: slower, wouldn't it? Because it'd yeah, be like... Well,
1: no, these didn't seem... To oh, no, be... these ones are yeah, more aggressive. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But maybe that's... just more aggressive. Like, if it sees you, like, yeah, you're fucked. But yeah,
0: either way, if you see a tiger, it's going to kill shoot, and maybe you. If
1: you, yeah, And if you shoot a tiger, it will stop. Whereas if you shoot a zombie tiger, it, it's just going to keep coming. Well, unless you shoot it in the head, because that's how you then, stop every zombie. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they're going to break decapitate that rule. It
0: with Decapitate it with a samurai What if they actually? break that
1: rule in this one? You can't shoot it's zombie in the head. Ah, oh, it's going to keep coming, mate. Banking zombie
0: t- zombie tiger raises an interesting issue. Does this mean other animals are going to be zombified within this one? Uh, there's a great book by a zombie writer called Brian Keane called The Rising. And in that book, every living thing can become a zombie. So, I mean, you have uh, zombie birds. They're particular motherfuckers in that book. And there's a scene at a zoo with zombie um, animals in it as well. Um, right. Actually, I'm just going to go on a slight tangent and say go out and get this book called The Rising because it's one of the best zombie books I've ever read and it isn't it um, has, still hasn't been made into a film or a TV show yet. Um, quick setup is there's a particle accelerator act- accident that creates an interdimensional rift that allows demons from another realm to cross over our to, to our dimension and reanimate the dead. Now, that's a new twist that I've not seen in a uh, movie or TV show before. So it's been out for years. Go make it Hollywood, please. Netflix, Amazon. <laughs> Won't be on Disney. Way Maybe too pitch boring. it to
1: Netflix. I'll make anything with the tiger. What if we get yeah. a dead David Copperfield, and we've got like a zombie David Copperfield, and it's like because the tiger's got to belong to someone, right? And I can only think. What of if we had a
0: flashback where we saw the zombie tiger kill regular David Copperfield?
1: Oh yes, yeah, he got pissed off at the act.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that'd be a nice way to work it in. Um, I should also mention Snyder has been fairly vocal in his recent interviews with Netflix about how this film is hundred percent his vision. And he did recently say, this was the most gratifying experience making this movie. This is the movie. There were no other cuts of the movie. I didn't have to fight them. It was the opposite. This is the director's cut, and you're going to see it first. You don't have to see the bastardized version. There's just the awesome version.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like, fucking finally, I'm able to yeah, do what I've... I want
0: to do. So, I mean, for everyone crying, oh, please restore the Snyderverse, do you honestly think it sounds like he even wants to work with Warner Brothers again? Because he clearly doesn't from that interview. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, just
1: pissed with him.
0: Let Snyder go and do what he wants, but I think he works better when he's can do what he wants. Clearly, judging by this trailer, and I think Netflix do have a reputation for just letting yeah. people do Although what they want. Although
1: he did say that earlier that he's, um, oh, what's that one that he did that was shit? Sucker punch. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucker yeah, punch. But you, he's you made, made a like, sucker punch. punch that was pants.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was pants. But you know, it doesn't mean it every was. film It'll he writes great. and directs is going to be pants. No. And I mean, again, though, you know, these type of films. Trailers always make them look good. But, you know, I think you know what you're getting with this one. It's going to be a solid B zombie movie. I
1: want him to revitalise the zombie movies because everyone loves a zombie film. I mean, they do go in waves. like They'll come and go. They'll come and go. This might be them coming back.
0: Like like the dead themselves. All Uh, right. So um, do you know what? I think for me, David, what makes this trailer and hopefully film awesome is it just looks fun. It's Vegas, so it needs to be brightly lit and neon. Of course the plot is going to be ridiculous, but it's that type of team-up heist film with all your stock characters, which yeah. we've already seen. I, I like in the trailer, you just get shots of the char- characters and the odd one-liner. You don't get any character development from them because we don't care about that. We yeah. want expendable people with a, a yeah. funny line here or there getting killed horribly by zombies and killing zombies horribly.
1: Yeah, because they've I think all th- obviously got some reason for being there, some yeah. skill set that they're there. Like the, There's the deputy who's obviously German. Like, yeah. I mean, that's basically yeah, it. Guy. That's all we know. There's a guy
0: with German and there's a guy who's got a um, blade on a stick. Yeah. But I think this film looks like it's going to do exactly what it
1: says on the tin. Yes, I agree. I hope it, And I hope it's really good. When's it, when's it out? It
0: is out next month on Netflix. I do not know the exact date, but yeah, in May. The next month, okay. May. Yeah. Awesome. What to watch? So first up, I have finally got back into Snowpiercer, season two on Netflix or as I like to call it, Thomas Jefferson and the Train of Lies.
1: <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. I like it because L- you've watched Hamilton now.
0: Yeah, a little, little Hamilton <laughs> reference there for you, David. The reason is Snowpiercer's lead actor, David Diggs, played Jefferson in Hamilton. He and Lafayette. Plays, Sorry, go on. And here he plays Andre Leighton. Uh, so now, the show is based on the 80s French graphic novel, and forgive my pronunciation, the Transpensierge, which was adapted by Bong Joon-ho in his 2013 film of the same name. Mm-hmm. That film was a post-apocalyptic eco-thriller where in the near future the world had become a frozen wasteland and the only survivors are left aboard Snowpiercer, a train that perpetually moves without stopping.
1: Have, and the film's you... look Sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, jump in. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, have you seen all the fan theories about uh, that Snowpiercer, the film, being related to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory?
0: No, but we'll talk about that in uh, a second.
1: You need to see those <laughs> theories. Okay, go on.
0: Um, is it the W for Wilford and Wonka? Because it looks a it's, bit funny.
1: Yeah, so everything about him. like The entire film is essentially Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but like a messed up version. And um, uh, You've seen Snowpiercer, right? Who's the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's the um, guy again? Chris oh. Evans? No, not Chris Evans. The, the, the guy who runs the train. Ed Harris in the original film. Yeah, but no, no, no. But the character. Mr. Wilford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... Charlie. He's Charlie. Mm. You need to check it mm. out on YouTube. Check it out. On okay, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. Shout
0: those Send jets. me the link. Send me the link <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll go down a rabbit hole on that one.
1: And also, oh, yeah, f- you could tweet it out as well.
0: <laughs> in, the, in the film's prologue, the train is overrun by people fleeing certain death, and a number of them make it on board where they're locked in the tail of the train and are referred to as tailors. And they were led by Captain America himself, Chris Evans. And the film charts the fight of the refugees in a tale as they fight their way to the front of the train for all the different class systems on board, till they face off with the train's chief, Wilford. Now, how'd you spin a two-hour film like that into an ongoing series over twenty plus hours? Well, the show has the same basic setup but moves at a much slower pace, giving much more time to character beats and development. Our two leads are Jennifer Connolly's Melanie Cavill, who is a head of hospitality and the voice of the train. And she is also Mr. Wilford's representative on the train and relays his orders to the rest of the uh, people on board. Then we have David Diggs as Andre Layton, a former detective, who has spent all his time in the tail section, who is always planning and, le- and leading insurrections against the class system on the train and the systematic abuse of the survivors that, in the tail that they face on a regular basis. But the jumping-off point for the show is a whodunit, really, as as he's the only detective on board, Leighton is recruited to help solve a, mur- a murder in the first class section.
1: It's crazy how po- he's the only detective on I know. board that train. <laughs> like you think you'd bring one along, right? Yeah, just to have, yeah.
0: I suppose you thought there'd be no murder, right? But um, from this starting point, we, le- we learn more and more about the way the train works and the various different social systems on board. Uh, a special shout-out to, to Alison Wright as Ruth Wardle. Uh, she's the deputy in the hospitality department, and it's brilliant because she seems to be the only English person in the cars with a... Uh, like really strong English accent while everyone else is American or doing like English pronounced accent um but her role is very similar to Tilda Swinton's from the film and also I've got to give a shout out to her, Mickey Sumner who I didn't know is Sting's da- the musician's daughter not the wrestler and she plays one of the uh break men who are like the, the, the thugs and the heavies on board and she kind of has to decide what side of the thing uh is going on um Basically, she's part of the trained security force. Now, there are many, many more people in this expansive cast. And also, uh, it's not really a spoiler if you're looking into the show now, but Sean Bean joins the cast as a villain in season two. Now, both Connolly and Diggs give great performances in this show, and you can clearly see why the roles appeal to them. Um, Now, I wasn't blown away massively by the first season, but I've just dived back into season two, and I've pretty much binged the whole thing every day until I've just got through it. And while it's a definite slow burn, season two is a definite improvement. And with even more additions to the cast, and like I say, though, at the start, of the start of the info on the show, I did say, it is essentially Thomas Jefferson and the train of lies, as every character lies to every other character, to the point that watching sometimes you forget who is on whose side. The good guys lie to the bad guys, the bad guys lie to the good guys, obviously, then the good guys lie to other good guys, and the bad guys lie to other bad guys. And then they'll lie to each other, and it's just, ah. Uh. <laughs> it gets so good um, as it moves on. And, like, I don't know, it just kind of sucks you you in. Pay attention to the deceptive web of lies that's going on. Yes. Uh, Having said that, I did really enjoy it, and there's a really great uh, season two cliffhanger ending, and um, season three has been confirmed. So, yeah, all aboard
1: for Snowpiercer again. What? Hopefully this time next year. What if you didn't watch it every day and binge it would you get confused if you was one of those viewers that watched it one day and then maybe watched a couple other things in between and then went back to it uh, another day?
0: Well, I think what they do better in season two is there's always like a little intro, a voiceover intro, and it always says, blah, 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 on in 10,039 cars on Snowpiercer. On, oh, sorry. There's a little intro that at the start of every episode where it says, and here we are, 10,039 cars long. And every... So they kind of... It almost shifts the point of view of the intro and the outro of the show from each character. So I just think season two is a lot stronger and more confident in its storytelling. Right. And, um, I was going to say because that
1: doesn't that doesn't answer my question about it. Being, would it be would it be confusing if you were I to think, come back to it after like two? Or no, because
0: well, I come back to it after I come back to it after five or six months. No, well, no, because all these shows have previously on. So you know,
1: uh, it, yeah, like I said on the Wandavision, I hate that, but go on.
0: Well, but if you're one of these people who's yeah, forgotten yeah, what happened, then that you will remind you it. what yeah. plot points are important.
1: No, I understand the point yeah. of them. So,
0: well, basically, are you going to give Snowpiercer a watch sometime?
1: No, I, I actually already watched the first uh 5 episodes of season 1 and I didn't really like it, so I stopped. Fair enough. Yeah, it was right, like um, you said, it was quite it was quite confusing with like the web of um everything and I, yeah, I didn't uh, to be honest, I kind of forgot who was the person that got killed and why they were important and why they wanted to and then I was like y- yeah, yeah. No spoilers. Well, yeah, but and then I was just like, okay, I, I, yeah, we just stopped caring and went on to watch other things.
0: So what you're saying is Thomas Jefferson couldn't keep you. Thomas it.
1: Jefferson didn't do it for me, although he was one of the only reasons why I went in to watch it in the first place.
0: I, I thought that was going to be the reason, yeah,
1: <laughs> which is quite a, a stupid reason to watch the
0: show. Right, but okay, so I'm going to keep anyway. watching it. You're not going to keep watching it, but now no. you're going to try and convince me to watch another show, which yes, is
1: a show on Apple TV. It's called Calls which uh, dropped not that long ago, only about a month or two ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is... Okay, Neil, I'm going to pitch it to you, okay?
0: Okay, Okay, sell it to me.
1: Okay, do you like film... No, do you like shows (gasps) like... Yes, we're doing a film on (laughs) that. But do you like shows like Black Mirror and The Twilight Zone? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And uh, do you like phone calls?
0: Not especially, because who does phone calls really these days? Do you
1: like good voice acting?
0: Well, well,
1: good that's acting a in weird, general co- You know what? Voice a, yeah, acting is
0: good acting in general. That's a weird way of it. You know, like of, of course, I like good acting. Course, I do of course, a film of podcast. Course.
1: And a strong cast of uh, characters. Mm hmm. Well, Neil, you will like Cools. Will I? It is. I? Okay, yeah, so it's a completely audio based um, TV show, which so is it's on a Apple radio TV. show. Plus. So it it's is a, a bit. It, you know what? It is a bit Odd that it is completely audio based, but if it wasn't audio based, I mean, if it was um,
0: actually if, filmed as a show, if, no, with images.
1: If, like you know, you'd think it would work better as a podcast like this or as a radio show or whatever. Um, but you do need to read what's going on and see it. Well, as what, well. what's on the screen? Because then? so on the screen, you've got all these like wibbly wobbly lines, which are a bit um, confusing in the first episode because they're a bit distracting. Wibbly wobbly of... lines. Wait, that's the best way I can describe it. It's like technic- like like um, technology lines. Everywhere. Is it like <laughs> when you leave a screensaver
0: on your computer?
1: No, it's like you see all the phone um, like Imagine, waveforms. like, what, phone... Yeah, waveforms. But, uh, so it's
0: essentially, like, watching me record this podcast right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you'll see, like, a bunch of waveforms, but then you'll also see a bunch of other shit lines in the background, which are all, oh, like, shit pretending okay, to be so... waveforms. And, like, it'll be, like, a square or a circle or whatever. Anyway, so, like, an Xbox and controller. And then you'll also get the subtitles of what they're saying. Uh, and without that, because you do need it, because it's difficult to hear what they're saying. Because sometimes the sound wait wait is so distorted. they've produced
0: an, an audio only thing and they don't where well, you sound can't it.
1: hear what they're saying exactly. Um, <laughs> You're really it's selling just, it to me here. I'll tell you that. Sometimes <laughs> sounds it's all, amazing. It's all distorted uh, because, but it's so good. Some of the stories. So it's an, it's a different story every episode, and they're all mm-hmm. linked behind uh, a time travel theme
0: to Ooh, it. Did not know that. Okay.
1: um uh, or a time distorted theme so there's one episode where a guy just leaves his house and he's going to drive away and he phones he gets he phones one person and he's like oh dude you've been gone for three days where you at and he's like we chat about i've just gone on a drive and then he phones another, and someone else phones him and he's like it's been a week and then a month and then a year and then he's talking to his kid who hasn't who wasn't even born at the time and stuff like that. And it's it's really good uh, one of the episodes full on made, like, I was so close to crying at the end of it because it got so emotional. Uh, the pl- airplane episode, I mean, I'm not a fan of flying anyway, but, um, this, this episode, oh. Properly got and um, how think, long
0: are the episodes?
1: So this is this is another thing that's really appealing about it. So the episodes are only between ten to twenty minutes. I think the longest episode's twenty minutes. I think the shortest episode's roughly around ten, just a bit over maybe. So it's like it's the perfect sort of show. So if you've got like, for, let's say uh, perfect let's say kind washing, of show for
0: people with your no, no, attention no, no, span. No,
1: so yeah, well, yeah. Uh, And <laughs> let's say you've got the uh, let's say you've got the washing machine on, and you're like, oh man, that washing machine. has got like it's got like 15 minutes left and you're like it's that annoying time because you can't start another TV you're gonna show sell me on this show to, oh if you're doing the you're washing have you to stop it. this
0: on in the background yeah
1: because because you know because you're gonna have to stop the washing you stop watching you watching to go and do the washing and then come back to it <laughs> but this is perfect because you've got that 15 minutes oh I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna watch an episode of calls um that's that so it's that perfect sort of length for that reason there's only I think seven episodes eight episodes. Uh, I should know that. Nine episodes. <laughs> There's nine <laughs> episodes of it. And they're all very short. You could binge them probably in a day or two. Uh, and it's so good. So some of the actors in it as well. I mean, Yeah, but uh, let, it's let me not the actors in it. It's act.
0: just, like you said, it's just voice acting. Yeah, not... yeah,
1: it is their voice acting. There's such a serious, strong cast All right, tell me who's Johnson, in it, and then
0: I'm going to give you my thoughts on why I... Aaron Taylor-Johnson,
1: Nick Jonas, Karen Gillan, Pedro Pascal, to name a few. The episodes are all all except maybe the last one it doesn't land very well right. which isn't great but okay. they're all very enticing they do wrap you up so quickly in what's happening right you know, here's my and, thing and, it's, and you know what you know what another thing is really good about it is it uses your imagination so you create the story in your mind with their with their voice acting and the, this phone call
0: and the wibbly, it's so wibbly lines and the
1: wibbly wobbly lines the wibbly wobbly lines man you, Like i hated them at the beginning but without them it wouldn't be the same
0: Right, um, I'm not quite sure how good your pitch really was there, David. Because he's like, I think, do it I while think you're it doing good. the laundry. I think there's
1: other there's people out there that will understand the washing machine thing where it's got 15 <laughs> minutes left and you don't want to do, you know, and you don't want to start another episode, but you don't know what to do with that 15. That's where you. Uh, there will uh, be uh, other people out there.
0: Right. So here's my. Um, I haven't obviously sent any of it yet, but I did hear it reviewed on a another podcast, um, which is one of my regular ones. To listen to, and it uh, was an editor of a certain major magazine who would reviewed it. It was part of TV, her- right? Yeah it was. Yeah. yeah you could just say by, it was
1: pilot TV I right,
0: got. But um yeah, so um yeah the the editor of Empire magazine on that basically absolutely shat on it but it was like it's it sounds like a stupid idea that someone fought up in a pitch meeting, oh, let's do a TV show but with no TV. Then it's fucking radio. It is literally just a podcast or radio. And making people watch lines to decipher shit, that's not I don't. Know, that doesn't sound appealing in any way to me. And uh, just listening really to phone good. calls.
1: You honestly, you have to watch it to from enjoy what I, it what I, properly. <laughs> what like obviously, I need to watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. Just, I mean, if I watched, watch if I enjoyed it, watch, it without watch, watch watching it, Watch the first episode now? Watch the what? No, watch two because okay, it's literally right, right. thirty minutes out of your day. Well, to watch two here's of what these we episodes. said, isn't it? Um, I am.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Some episodes are stronger than... Some episodes are stronger than others. Like I said, it doesn't land very well. How it ties it all together in the last episode... Is that a joke about the
0: plane episode?
1: No, no, no. Uh, The last episode is probably the weakest episode because how it ties them all together is a bit... Shit. And the acting in that. Oh, so the exp probably not. So the, as good. Exp- so the explanation
0: but of what the whole thing is pants.
1: It's not pants. It's just not as good as what you'd expect coming from what you've already experienced in the last eight episodes. Because the last previous eight episodes were so well done from a story and David, how they managed to really David, like get you engaged in a ten-minute phone call that David, two or three people are having. I, I it's think. So good. It- I mean, all these people are well popular as well. I never get phone calls this often like in 10 minutes, spans but
0: no anyways, one calls anymore let's face it unless you everyone texts now man or like whatsapps or instant messages
1: yeah like, i mean there are know. texts that happen in it as well people people yeah. are texting so they'll be like "Oh, right. i just got a message from this person oh, i think i back. think
0: you talking about calls has actually gone on longer than an episode of calls now david yeah
1: yeah it probably has so in <laughs> the time that you've been listening to me you could have been watching calls and probably enjoying that a lot more because it's <laughs> it's it's really good. Well, I think it is time to hang up on calls
0: and move on to our next show. Did you
1: did you did you just go ah, to your own joke? I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> just wanted to check.
0: No, totally. So our ne- our final show in our what we've been watching section is one that is spectacularly hard to talk about in non-spoiler terms, because there are spectacularly stupid spoilers in the very first episode. Yeah. But uh, try as we will, we are going to try and sell you and pitch you the, on this show without actually giving anything away. Yep. So that and that show is Servant on Apple TV+, Plus from M. Night Shyamalan. However, it's not really from him, as it was created and mostly written by a guy called Tony Bascallop, who's a TV writer with a few credits in the UK, uh, he, when he went to the States, he worked on 24 Legacy, which was a pretty pants 24 reboot they tried doing. But he did also write some of the vastly underrated Outcast, which was done by Robert Kirkman uh, of Walking Dead fame. So with not exactly a large profile, I can kind of see why Apple are trying to promote and sell the show off M. Night Shyamalan's name rather than this guy's. Having said that, there were many comments online, and I think Apple kind of got this wrong in the promotion of the show, where they said... Where loads of people are like, oh, Shyamalan, oh, he's been crap, I'm not watching it if it's him. And so, you know, if, <laughs> I mean, like, I thought was, the same how thing, I was has like, he been oh, crap? M. Night Shyamalan. How has he been crap? Have you seen The Lady in the Water? Have you seen The Village? The Village. Have you what? seen? It oh. wasn't crap. It was nah, terrible. Nah, terrible. That's nah, a nah, try. No, nah,
1: nah, it, it wasn't. Look,
0: we're not going to get into an M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, so, anyway, a ding dong. So, anyway, what in is the water was like
1: over 15, 15 years ago right yeah 15 years yeah.
0: ago what's he done since What's what big films has he done since Glass Split so he's going back to his most yeah gone back to his most successful films Glass and, Glass the early and
1: Split thing. came out what 19, 2019
0: yeah and they're all connected to Unbreakable
1: yeah but he still did them Anyway, yeah, okay, what it, is, yeah,
0: I'm, we're not getting into a Shyamalan Ding Dong. But what is Servant? Well, it's a slow burn psychological horror show that follows the story of Dorothy and Sean Turner, a couple who hire a young nanny called Leanne for their baby Jericho. And once Leanne arrives, many strange occurrences begin happening in the house and to the couple. Now, this is a show of sh- twists and shocks with multiple big reveals, even in the very first episode that we won't spoil here. Uh, The cast is led by Lauren Ambrose as Dorothy Turner, the slightly neurotic mother of Jericho, who is a local TV news reporter. And throughout both seasons, Ambrose is just awesome, as probably given the best performances of her career, as a woman on the edge who just keeps spiraling as events get stranger and stranger. I wouldn't say she's
1: neurotic.
0: Oh, dude, dude, some of the stuff she does before shit goes down. She's, you know, uh, she's just got that yeah, very. Yeah,
1: okay, Fair She's got a very aggressive manner, she's, even when she's being a woman on the edge. Quiet and A woman on the edge makes oh, yeah. sense to me more than neurotic. You, you, and your words. Okay, sorry. Okay, go so on. look, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking, I'm
0: sticking to neurotic no, okay. because she's being passive aggressive and like you know very passive. Aggressive. And then of course you have got the very underrated Toby Kebble, Uh, who plays her husband Sean, and he's a renowned chef who's recently made a name for himself on a cooking reality show. And it's great to see Kebble in a good role again, especially since he made his, uh, I think it was his debut years and years back in Dead Man's Shoes with Paddy Constantine. And he's, a- he's actually publicly playing the reaction to his appearance in Josh Trank's terrible Fantastic Four film adver- to to be adversely affecting his career. I think he said he used to get, you know, 20 scripts a month, uh, 20 scripts a week. And then after that film, he was lucky to get four scripts a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's ironic seeing that he was almost absent for all the film's reshoots as well. Um You've got Rupert Grint as well, who are playing Julian Pierce, uncle to Jericho and Dorothy's brother, Sean's brother in law. And I think Grint absolutely crushes the specter of Ron Weasley in here. He's got a flawless American accent. And as Uncle Julian, Grint's just always on some kind of drink or drugs throughout most episodes. And um, when you get to season nine, uh, sorry, when you get to season two, episode nine, his performance in that episode. It's just like a ticking time bomb and he should definitely have war yeah, for mate. Yeah,
1: I love how um if you've gone from watching like let's say you've just binged all the Harry Potter for whatever reason and then you've and decided then you to watch servant and you're like, it out, Ron Weasley's changed. <laughs> but this is good though, because in this role, he completely frees
0: himself from it. You don't think, Oh yeah, that's Ron Weasley. You're like, Oh, this guy's an absolute crazy shithead. Yeah, he's <laughs> but he's funny as well. He's, he's, he's like really an funny, alcoholic,
1: man. a uh Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's a sex addict, or what? is he a sex? What do you he say? he's
0: a sex addict? Uh he definitely he's, addicted to he's, a shitload of yeah, things. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, unless,
1: yeah, he's an he's an addictive personality, and or whatever. He, yeah, he um, he ain't no Ron Weasley. Let's just say that he's definitely not. Um, but
0: rounding out the cast is young British actress Nell Tiger Free as Leanne Grayson, uh, Turner's new nanny, and uh, she's probably best known for previously playing the second Mycela Barathon in season five and six of Game of Thrones. Uh, Tiger Free plays the quite mysterious young babysitter, who we can't really say much about, other than that her presence in the household and her relationships with the other three main characters is a catalyst for the show's main plot lines. Now, critical reception to season one was generally very positive. Uh, it was a bit more mixed for season two, but, I mean, I thought both seasons were really good. It's definitely a slow drip feel on the show, and, you know, you're waiting and waiting to find out what happens. And then show you what happens, but then you've got more questions. And that's how you keep going. Um, and it usually leads to yet another head-scratching mystery. But I just... It's essentially a chamber piece a lot of the time. It's these four characters interacting, in, usually in the same location at Turner's house. But it's just so... Do you think it's got a bit of like an Ari vibe vibe to yeah, it? Yeah,
1: I can see how you'd, you'd get that by the slow burn and some of the shots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 the cinematography is beautiful. Just a gem- general conversation between two characters over dinner will make you feel quite uncomfortable watching it just because of how it's yeah. shot. Like, it's, every, every, everything's that it, little it, bit too close. Everything's that little bit season, too... In
0: season two, episode nine, um, Groot, um, Grint's really great performance, it's the most awkward Christmas dinner scene you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> you you want to shove your fist down your mouth to just because it's so yeah, cringy. Yeah,
1: it's got a lot um, of that sort of stuff in it where you just sort of feel uncomfortable yeah. watching it.
0: What I like, I just, I just like the slow burn of it. I just like, okay, we found out, find, we, you find what it, what it does well is it gives you answers to questions you've been asking for a while, and then just as you're like, ah, oh, great, I know that, then it will spin the show off in another direction. You're like, well, now I want to know what happens there, and it doesn't do it in a cheap way. It does it in a oh, but they clearly knew they were going here yeah. this way. In fact, Shamilin himself has recently confirmed that he'd, he'd originally planned it for six seasons, but I think because of COVID, he's kind of had a rethink in the last year. And he's confirmed there's going to be two more seasons of the show, and they'll wrap up the story at the end of season four. So, uh, it's recent, season two recently concluded on Apple TV uh, about a month or so ago. So, we're probably looking around the same time next year for season three. And if, any last thoughts on Servant, David?
1: Uh, yeah, some of the food scenes in it oh, uh, stomach are stomach shaking. Are disgusting to watch. Did you, did you know? Do you remember eel? The eel in like one of the first mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah, man. That that when I watched that, I was like fucking hell. I had to Google, like if that was even. I, I thought it. I thought it looked quite real, and I had to Google if they could even to make sure like, it, like, wasn't. If it was an actual eel that they did this to. <laughs> because I was just like I, that I, was I, kind I, of. I, I didn't I was Google like, it. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm guessing it wasn't a real ill.
1: No, no, no. Someone, thankfully, someone on Reddit took a picture of the end credits to say that there was like some animal rights people and no animals were hurt or whatever. But yeah, I was just like, okay, wow. Well, uh, yeah, that's and I think that's what the show. Either. That's something very. Yeah, small
0: I, I, and I think that's what the show does with him being a chef. It's you're ex- you're always waiting for these moments of high horror, and it'll completely pull the rug out from you by having some extreme gore, but not really gore, but like the way some of the food's prepared in like super close-ups, kind of like, was it Dexter's opening sequence used to have a few bits like that in it? And um, No, yeah, it no, I've uh, not
1: Dexter's. Um, oh, it might have show. been Dexter. Uh, I'm, you're thinking of Hannibal. Hannibal, Han- I'm not, I don't know about the opening sequence, but Hannibal did a very similar
0: thing with yeah. The food. Yeah, you know, they're kind of cutting through meats and just making it yeah, look Yeah, just really making horrific. you feel, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So... bit of that. But,
1: yeah, uh, um, I'm very,
0: very much looking forward to the next series of that
1: yeah the how many uh, you're
0: you're about halfway through season two now you said right
1: yeah i'm getting through season two at the moment i haven't finished it yet but uh we're, we're having to keep stopping and taking breaks because of certain things but anyway uh we we'll finish it it's a good show and and the episodes are only 30 minutes long so it's really yeah. easy to binge watch i I, <laughs> I i told somebody at work about it and i was like oh i've started watching this it's really good you should check it out i showed her a trailer of it and she would finished it in, like the weekend
0: I yeah, just... well, we're only half. You could watch. Yeah, you could easily watch the whole first season no. in that, I was
1: like, Pam, calm it down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, so I think that wraps up our What We've Been Watching section, and now it's on to our main feature. Main feature. Right, so today's main feature is Godzilla vs. Kong, which will feature plot spoilers. I mean, however, taking into account it's Godzilla vs. Kong and the trailer literally gave away the one surprise anyway. I don't think we have too much to worry about, but here is your spoiler warning. Spoilers? Where we're going, there are nothing but spoilers.
1: Spoiler warning!
0: If we don't have... That's going to be... You're going to totally put that in if we don't have it, aren't you?
1: Yes.
0: Right, so background... I think I'm, I'm going to
1: leave it anyway, even if we haven't.
0: So, backgrounds this is the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise, the 12th in the King Kong franchise, and the 4th in the new Monsterverse franchise. Combined, all four films in the new franchise have made 1.7 billion. So, that's a hefty chunk of change. First yeah, but off, that's we not had, a
1: lot as well, considering that no, there's well, over 40 films? No, how many? No, yeah, no over 40 From over the over.
0: last four. Films, David. Oh, 1.7 billion from the from last The last
1: four, four films. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Which I thought you, would I be, thought that was all of those films combined, okay. No,
0: because okay. first we had Garth Evans reboot in twenty fourteen yep, of Godzilla, Godzilla, which was generally well received, yet there were a lot of complaints there was not enough Godzilla in it. Yep, no, Next no. we had our King Kong reboot with 2017 Skull Island, which with its 1970s
1: very good. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, with its nineteen seventies setting and its all star cast, because you forget Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson in it. Uh, it was a decent sized hit and probably my favourite of these films so far. Then we had Godzilla King and the Monsters, which
1: where people were complaining that was too much Godzilla,
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too much monsters. <laughs> yeah. I think where I think it lost something with the acting and the uh, script a lot. And I know people don't generally tune into these films for that, but at least with Garth Evans Godzilla, you have Bryan Cranston acting. You know. Yeah. Wow! Look at that. He's acting, and you know that was straight after Breaking Bad. He did that.
1: Yeah, and you, and actually, you had a great. And you cast. cared about the, the um, what yeah. was happening with the human characters in Godzilla, whereas in Godzilla King of Monsters, They're I can't. E- I honest to God, I can't even tell you what the uh, the humans were doing in that. Now, oh there was no. There was the, it was the mum that was like an eco. The eco terrorist yeah, mum. Yeah yeah, 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 I remember. Terrible. That. that made no sense. Yeah, definitely dumbed the script down.
0: But go on, <laughs> but but it did have, but on the plus side, it did have decent monster big screen action. Yeah, and he had good that monster. Lead, monster. Yeah, 100%. and that all leads us to Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so what I'm going to do now, David, is yes. as this is a full spoiler thing, yep. I have prepared a little plot synopsis where we're going to go through every single beat. Well, I'm going to quickly go through every single beat of the story, right? And then we're going to debate our favourite parts of the film. Okay. So, all right, go on, the, go
1: ahead. I'm going to chip in every now and then. We're gone.
0: So the plot follows on from King of Monsters and we start with Kong chilling out on Skull Island, except we soon find out he's actually being kept prisoner there under the eye of Rebecca Hall's Dr Eileen Andrews, who works for the clearly dodgy corporation Monarch. However, luckily for her, her adopted daughter Gia, who's with her and is deaf, she's able to calm Kong down and teach him a bit of sign language.
1: Wait, was she she an adopted daughter? Yeah. Oh, I did not get that from the film. I thought they were just like...
0: Chilling There's a few friends. things that you're going to go, oh, really? I did not know that when I read... When I, when did I, you, did I tell you know you some that details. watching
1: the film, that, they were, that, I, that she was an adopted daughter?
0: Yes, because I'm oh, sure okay. it's mentioned at one point. Oh,
1: OK. I just must have missed that completely. But, I just thought that she was just, you know, chilling with good friends. Ch- chilling on the island. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, but when you see that she's communicating and calming down, I'm sure that's going to come in handy later. Next, we introduce our B story with Brian Terry Henry's Bernie Hayes, a conspiracy podcaster who's trying to expose Apex Yet another dodgy corporation. And uh, his storyline then, then adds in Millie Bobby Brown's Madison Russell from the previous film with the Terrible Mother. And yep. also adds in Hunt for the Wilder People's Julian Dennison. And they're just essentially there
1: as the B-plot comic relief. Yeah. yeah, well, they're kind of there for no bloody reason at all, aside from telling you what's going on with this. But there's no reason for them to be in the film. Look, basically. they are
0: there because whenever we... Look, they're there because we you can't have a two hour Monster Smash straight the way through. So basically whenever we needed a break from Monster Smash action, we cut to these guys.
1: Yeah. I completely also... I completely forgot about their storyline when we were in Hollow Earth. But anyway, sorry, we'll get to that later.
0: Yeah, well that gets into the bad parenting aspect of the sh- of the uh, the uh, Oh yeah, they the was film. the worst
1: dad ever. He's she's got the worst, worst parents. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like the, one of was the dead, and she was film. in eco terror. Yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, yeah, well, that's what we could just say as we're here. I mean, she she goes and sees her dad at the start of the film. He's like, "No, go home. I don't believe you, even though you were totally right about everything in the last film." Yeah, and then they bump into each other in Hong Kong later on, and she's like, "He's <laughs> like, oh, like, dad, he's, like yeah. he's not like." Yeah. Um, also, early on, we oh, also wait. I like Anna- I like that the film starts off with a podcast.
1: By the way. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, Cheers, you know,
0: not not too sure how the representation of us is all, all you know, crazy people. I mean, I don't think I'd go work in a top secret facility for three months just to get a story. Yeah, you'd render. think,
1: you know what, you'd think a top secret so facility would have much better fucking security than this one did. It had on, the worst
0: security. Well, on, dude, they had the ever. 11 from Stranger Things. You probably just like went and they got in. <laughs> but they probably couldn't put it in a film because of, you know, being sued. Um, also, early on, we meet Alexander Sarsgaard's Dr. Nathan Lind. Did you know his character name? Because I sure has hell him remember it. But he's just essentially there to explain the science stuff in the film. Uh, Godzilla then attacks an Apex facility for reasons, and our team decide they need to get Kong and use him as bait to lead Godzilla to Antarctica, where they can access the Hollow Earth. Still with me? I'm with you. Right. Then we have our first big monster fight at sea. So wait, wait, wait.
1: Why do they need Kong to get
0: to Hollow Earth? Because they want to lead Godzilla to Hollow Earth because reasons. They don't explain it fully at this point. They (laughs) just want to lead (laughs) him there. (laughs) And <laughs> which makes me laugh, their whole plan revolves on them getting to this hollow earth yet that no one's ever been to and not even sure if it actually exists. But yeah, let's just take Kong there and hope it works out, you know. But yeah, so we then have our first big monster fight at sea with Godzilla and Kong trading blows as they jump between aircraft carriers. Uh, and yep. in the first fight, it's clearly Godzilla winning. Godzilla, and our well, heroes... Godzi- well,
1: G- G- King Kong can't breathe underwater. That was basically all yeah, so- won that fight for him.
0: Yeah and our heroes essentially have to play dead to escape and carry on to Antarctica. Yeah.
1: So Godzilla I'm team one Kong, Kong, is, I'm 0. Team Kong in this I'm Team Kong in this uh, by the way totally Team yeah,
0: Kong. Yeah. I don't think anyone's a fan of the big lizard.
1: Well Natasha, my, my, Natasha was King Lizard. No, no Team Lizard Team Godzilla. King Lizard. <laughs> she was Team Godzilla.
0: Right. So at some point, we also introduced Demian Bicher's Walter Simmons, who's head-said head of Evil Dodgy Corporation and his hot daughter Maya, played by Isaiah Gonzalez. And we discover they are building Mecha Godzilla, and that's totally not going to go wrong at all.
1: I, love, now, I don't David, know if this was intentional, but I loved the uh, corporate video that's in the beginning of that film, and it's so fucking Skynet. Everything about it was Skynet. <laughs> I don't know if now, that I, was intentional, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. It, I'm it, probably, sure was, it probably was, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm sure it was. Uh, now, you had a problem with Hot Daughter. Why?
1: Hot Daughter? Um, she was p- pretty pointless. She was just in it to be a, a um a, uh, no, what's the word? A nice death. A s- satisfying death.
0: Yeah, well, that's her character arc.
1: Well, just to be a satisfying death. That's, that was her yeah, character you need, arc.
0: You always need someone who's slightly evil, doesn't really do anything, and gets eaten. Yeah,
1: that was... Basically all she was.
0: Um, We then finally get to Hollow Earth. Why why,
1: why was she even there? Was Um, she just overseeing it, like being a
0: representative from... Yeah, she was representative from Evil Apex to go along with them on their trip to Hollow Earth. So when we finally get to Hollow Earth, Kong finds a magic axe and has a little run around before happily sitting on his throne. Um, Apex, because they're dicks, send a signal back that alerts Godzilla. And then we realise, oh, that's why Godzilla attacked the facility at the start of the film. Because the signal was... Summoning him, him to what another Titan. So, of course, Godzilla now knows her location in the Hollow Earth. So, of course, Godzilla just fire-breathes his way down through the Earth to Kong's throne room. They fight okay. for a little bit. Evil hot girl gets eaten. And then they uh, they escape in their gravity ship. And then we're into Hong Kong.
1: Where it's uh, fight time.
0: It is round two. Ding, ding. Let's Kong get ready Godzilla. To
1: rumble!
0: So they fight to the surface. And absolutely kicked the living shit out of Hong Kong. And what happens? Godzilla kicks Kong's ass again.
1: No, wait, no, 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 that's not true. Because God, no, Godzilla wins the fight when he has the axe. It's when he doesn't have the axe, That's when Godzilla yeah, comes got, back. That's when yeah, he loses.
0: He hasn't, yeah, but, but we haven't got to make Don't a Godzilla. do you remember yet.
1: there was that whole line where it was like, I think that round went to God. No, I think that round went to Kong or whatever. Yeah, but he didn't have the axe. But he. It's he not was, when until Mechagodzilla comes. Like, on. They have a fight, and then they have another mini fight, and then that's where. Godzilla wins.
0: Oh, yeah, but I'm being very pedantic about
1: this, Neil. That's what happens. Godzilla, it's one all, and then it's it's not one all. It is. It's not one all all because the fight's still
0: continuing. Well, we clearly disagree about the number of fights (laughs) in the film. But anyway, they're fighting around, and you think he wins. I think Godzilla wins again. But then it doesn't really matter because Godzilla,
1: Godzilla wins.
0: Godzilla wins, and Kong's laying there pretty much on death's door. And wouldn't you know? That's when Mechagodzilla powers up and Apex immediately lose control with Mechagodzilla killing Apex Head and walking beer advert Walter Simmons straight away. Now, can you see where this is going? I can. Um, I, so think now, I
1: think it's going to be a team-up, Neil. I think this you, is think, exactly you think it's going to be a team-up? What, I, uh, I what we predicted. What do you reckon?
0: I think we did predict this uh, several months ago on a, one of our earlier casts.
1: I think the world predicted it. But go on. <laughs>
0: So now, Mecha Godzilla is kicking regular Godzilla's ass because he's Mecha. Kong gets a nuclear power defibrillator to get his big ape heart pounding once more. And would you believe the hero of the film, I didn't realise this the first time, is actually Josh Valentine. David.
1: Josh Valentine?
0: Who? Who is Josh Valentine, you say?
1: That's, that's exactly what I'm saying.
0: So that's Julian Dennison. So that's um, Comic Relief Kid B. Do you know why he's a hero in the film? It's like the rat in Avengers, right? He's the hero of the film, purely by accident, because he spills a drink on Mechagodzilla's controls, which weren't even supposed to be working properly anyway at this moment, and that creates a few seconds of distraction for Godzilla to supercharge Kong's magic axe with his atomic fire breath, which allows Kong to defeat Mechagodzilla.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then that's the film, basically. That's pretty much where it ends. Well, don't forget, after the carnage... Like, do they have a little look at each other where they're like... Yeah, respect. They give their respect, respect. bro. Glance,
0: respect. Yeah, then, <laughs> They're like, it. yeah, bro. They, they do the, the respect. I think they do the like the bit where he looks back, he's like, Yeah, like gives the head nod, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, respect, bro.
0: <laughs> and you know, after that, you know, Kong's still in pretty bad shape, so Godzilla's like, I'm out and goes for a swim. Yeah, um, there's,
1: there's no like out. Uh, so, who's the alpha here? I don't fucking know, Godzilla, I guess.
0: I, I'm, yeah, it's Godzilla, totally, man. Uh, so we finish back in Hollow Earth where Kong's happy to like just bomb around and be king of Hollow Earth because by the looks of things. There's literally no one else there, and monarch who apparently weren't as shady as apex have established an outpost, but what can we say sequel anyone
1: yeah, they're not gonna end it there
0: they're definitely not gonna end it there because it's made way too much money,
1: yeah <laughs> you know they're not yeah no they're not gonna end it there no chance
0: uh, uh so on to our our thoughts and notes from the film okay, for so- me
1: it Go on, go on. Go you ahead. go first, you go first, you go right.
0: first. So it does exactly what it says on the tin. Godzilla versus Kong multiple times in a really well shot and edited set pieces where we can clearly see the action as a level Hong Kong.
1: Yeah. yeah. Also, um, another... It was, yeah, it, like you said, it was exactly what you knew it was going to be from the trailer. Literally, yeah. the trailer was basically the film, but, you know, you got it stretched out over what, an hour and... Fifty minutes, two hours. How long was two the hours long?
0: exactly, I believe the film. Two was... hours. There you are. Yeah, it was the trailer,
1: uh, but imagine a two-hour fucking film. Whereas, mon- well, monkey. most
0: films are around two hours.
1: Monkey lizard fighting action. I
0: think. I think from the trailer, what we saw when we made our things, I was a bit worried about uh, how little bad girl. Uh, scripts the script. I you thought the little girl was going to be terrible. I was like, she was one of the oh, best God. things, mate. Yeah, she was the best. She was the best actor in the whole film. Her name is Kaylee Hottle, and she is actually born deaf. And she plays Gia, she, the young really? girl. Yeah, and she comes oh. from a family. She comes from a family that has deafness in four generations on it on one side. Wow. Apparently. Okay. Calling to the IMDb. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I read a story that Honey Alexander Stassgard and a bunch of the other cast literally learned sign language so they could communicate wherever on the film. So oh, that's awesome, right there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, she teaches Kong sign language, and that's brilliant. And you know, she's the heart of the movie, really. In in her debut as well. This is her first film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She she was like. I know you said she was like. Oh, it's gonna have an annoying little girl from the trailer. Yeah, exactly. But like, she's, and there's a yeah, magic act, and I... one of the best things in it. Uh, she's the yeah. com- she's quite the, like, she's just like half of the comedic relief as well. Yeah. yeah. Some of her like coward <laughs> stuff, like <that. laughs> it's funny. I so I I really enjoyed the film. I want to throw that out there. But there were, if you think about it, there were so many things in it that just didn't make any sense, or that should have been really. But shit. you don't care. But, yeah, because it's just entertaining. Yeah. There's, and, I think and There's shaving, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just being pure entertainment, pure and spectacle, think, fun film, proper popcorn flick. And I think by with.
0: shaving half an hour off the runtime, because Godzilla King of Monsters was two and a half hours, and even in this film, you can't just have it be two hours of Monster Smash, Monster Smash. Um, so they knew, okay, what are we going to do with the B-Story? So we're going to have Podcast Guy, Eleven, and... Uh, Hunt for the Water People together, <laughs> and even in those scenes where I love you know how they're he's just pointless, a podcast guy, <laughs> he's podcast guy. Well, I, I remember that more than the character's name. So they're just, know, they're just,
1: it. they were literally just going around being like, "Yeah, this company is evil." Oh, that's what they're doing. Oh, they've got a Mega Godzilla. Oh, okay, Mega Godzilla's oh, out. Oh, let's escaped. get in a
0: container cart that's going to take us to Hong Kong. Oh, hi, Dad.
1: I forgot about that. That you know when they got in that container car, they, they didn't go back to that again for another like twenty minutes, and when oh, yeah, they went into that's... Hollow Earth. I was like really into what was going on there. And then we cut back to them and I'm like, oh yeah, I completely fucking forgot about this, <laughs> this story. Oh, you need, <laughs> earth, all, you need a little break from all the hollow earth you need a little break from all the hollow earth goodness. Which made I mean, no fucking sense, let's face it. How was yeah, the daylight down there? And vegetation. Upside just down mountains. And just yeah. everything. Like the whole like inception fucking up, like you look up as down and gravity. Twisting and whatever. Well,
0: I think you find David. Um, you can Google Hollow Earth, and there's a whole theory that had been has obviously been disproved, but people did think it was a real thing at one point, which led to the creation of some literature around the subject. Oh, okay, I did not know a plot this. Device in this film. I did yes.
1: not know this. Okay, but that yeah, it didn't make just don't any go down sense.
0: a rabbit hole and become you know um, don't become a Hollow Earther. That's all. Yeah, I'm saying. no, no,
1: no. <laughs> become a Hollow Earther. Um, yeah, it it didn't make much sense. Let's face it, but. You just kind of went with it. It was one of those. It was one of those films where you just went with it. Like, do you know yeah. how they went through that whole fucking wormhole thing to get to Hollow Earth?
0: <laughs> with the upside down spaceships, yeah. Yeah,
1: with the upside down spaceships and all that jazz. When Godzilla blasted his way back down there, were you not just like, "Well, what did he blast his way through the wormhole? Where the fuck's the wormhole gone?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, I, I, I didn't film that, bad. to be fair, because I, I was enjoying it and I, and I, I turned my brain off. I, I film, sort of is...
1: was, yeah, it is one of those films where you do have to turn your brain off.
0: Here's a, here's a question for you. How much was Kyle Chandler paid for this film? He turns up at the start, tells his daughter to go home and then he bumps into her in Hong Kong and that's literally it.
1: You, oh, how much do you reckon he was paid?
0: Well, he was only in oh, two scenes, uh, man. Someone's going
1: probably... to find, someone's gonna have to find out.
0: Right, so I think that brings us close to the end of our thing. I just want to say that I, um, the film has been a massive success, despite you know the script and acting issues from the previous films. But I think what sets it apart is a shorter running time and the director Adam Wingard of Your Next and The Guest. I, his choreography, his choreography of some amazing action scenes in it, and I think. Probably the action scenes in this film are the best yeah, well of all the films so far. You didn't
1: care about the human aspect of the story at all. They kind of no. took it away almost, took, like, the like the human aspect. Because there was a the whole thing like, oh, my brother died going to Hollow Earth and that's why <laughs> I want to figure it out and then, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, wait, you figured it out? You've got this device or you've got this vehicle? You've just remembered it.
0: more about the plot of the actor's yeah, storyline than yeah. I had from watching it.
1: You can, you can remember this, like, you've got this vehicle that all not kill us going into it okay cool like yeah which we have never tried
0: before it. to a place we've never gone to before yeah yeah oh and by the way we've got a gigantic ape coming with us
1: yeah and um, then there was all this like the structures as well what like who built the fucking massive thing in antarctica well, or wherever you know were? do
0: you know what the um I, I, when i was doing a bit of research on it apparently and i didn't remember this being conveyed on screen that the axe right he uses atomic axe actually, yeah yeah atomic axe
1: there's well, a lot of atomic stuff in this film
0: the act, the um, the axe head is apparently a fin from a ancient Godzilla beast.
1: Oh, was it really?
0: Oh, that was never uh, conveyed actually in the film. No, it was, was not. It?
1: There was a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Um, there was a lot of atomic random like the, all, when all the rocks floating in um Hollow Earth atomic.
0: I honestly think you're putting too much thought into Hollow Earth. Yeah, you know what? Of I'm, all. I'm
1: lost. I'm going to, like like you said. I've gone down that rabbit hole. I
0: don't care um, why stuff's upside down. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: there was uh, monkey smash wait wait they went down there for a power source correct I yeah they remember. did they did they went down there for a power I source went down was that there the lead... axe was the axe the power source yeah what was the power been. source
0: the axe was it the axe yeah
1: okay okay we're what? just gonna go with the axe as a power source okay. I, I'm
0: assuming so An but atomic anyway like in,
1: power. A, yeah axe I could go. you know atomic what axe. I could go with that sure yeah. <laughs> so
0: in, in terms of box office though um, where cinemas are open Godzilla has been the biggest success of the Covid era And it's actually made 357 million worldwide. And HBO Max has also confirmed it's their biggest ever debut in terms of viewership numbers. So, yes, that is including Justice League as well. Of course, we can't just take HBO's word for it. Because as we know, there is no independent metric for measuring streaming successes at the minute. So we also have to take the studio's word to it. But you know what? I think the reason this film has been a hit wherever wherever it has, because we haven't had films like this in the last year. It's a blockbuster film. What what we have had after the last year, we've had some great films out, and, but we've had a lot of smaller, more indie films. and they have yeah, got the had spotlight nothing that's a lot just more. been
1: pure entertainment, have you? Yeah, because, well, like, look, yeah. all the
0: blockbusters were delayed a year, weren't yeah. they? Almost every blockbuster film. This is the first one that's come out, and, cause it, and I think Warner Brothers' deal with HBO Max, it's looking a good fit. I think it's going to, you know, uh, Wonder Woman 84, not so much. Um, what was the other one that came out? Justice League... Well, Justice League was, on that.
1: was basically just a re-release, wasn't just, it? But a director's yeah. cut. So th- even that, you can't really say. Like, yeah. whereas
0: this was an original, brand new film that was meant for the cinema, and it came out. I mean, bizarrely, a lot of the money—not well, bizarrely, probably because case, case, case bigger population. But it's made a half of its money over from China, and of course, you know, Godzilla over in Asia. I imagine it's going to be a lot more popular than it is, especially with um, the big set pieces of the film taking place in Hong Kong. So, obviously, the film was going to be big in China. Yeah. And also, I'm probably sure it's got a fair bit of Chinese money behind we it.
1: Were, we were wrong about. Um, sorry, sorry, you continue your no, no, process. No. no, I was just going to say, we were wrong about him using the uh, Empire State Building as a weapon against Godzilla. Well, yeah, which I, I, which I still think would have been awesome. If It would have, have been used awesome. It but as some sort of shield or something. They never made it to New York. They never made it to they, New York, man, so made it so Hong Kong. New York levels. Yeah, they were in Hong Kong. They should, uh, I, feel, I still feel like it was a missed opportunity.
0: It also has a surprise of being a late franchise movie, so it's the fourth one in the series, yet it's the most critically and commercially successful of the franchise. So, obviously, it looks like they are going to continue the monster-verse. I think what they're going to need to do, though, they're going to need to split Kong and Godzilla apart for a couple of films again before your inevitable team-up again.
1: Yeah, um, did, did you like? Did you like that beginning of the film where they had like the tournament going on, where like, it was like Godzilla had beaten this monster, or he's gone on to this round, and like all the <laughs> yeah, people, oh, yeah, and, they, and they were building it up as like a tournament between the two. I, th- I thought that was so good at the beginning.
0: I mean, I'm hoping <laughs> to see exactly the same thing in Mortal Kombat uh, next month when that comes out. Yes, um, but you know they, they made so much last year of Tenant being the film to save cinema, and uh, you know although the situation is looking more positive this year than last. Godzilla's taken more money at the box office than Tenet. And I think... I, do you know what, though? As I said a little while ago, I think reviewers and general viewers have been a lot easier on this film's shortcomings just because we've missed a good old-fashioned Hollywood spectacle entertainment film in mm. the last year. Um, like we said, yes, films have kept coming out, but our blockbusters have been delayed for over a year, um, and it's given space to these smaller films to make their name on streaming and VOD.
1: Yeah, So, ba- but this film, this film was basically good action... Awesome fucking monster mash fighting, but poor plot, essentially. That was but do stuff. you
0: know what? Do you know what? The poor plot, I think they got good actors in and the actors know their roles very well. We're not here to take the focus off the film. You know, we're not here to act. We're here to literally convey exposition to get us from scene A to scene B. But I mean, you've got a really good cast in it, like Rebecca Hall, Alexander Sarsgaard, um, but they don't really get a lot to do.
1: Yeah. And another thing I want to say, if you've got a trailer, for like, let's, for anything... If you're going to do a trailer and you're going to have like Mecha Godzilla or something that you don't want people to know about being the main him. villain, don't fucking show him in the trailer even if it's just a small tiny clip. Just don't just ignore everything to do with it. So people don't know that's what's happening. Because they literally there was only that one scene of Mecha Godzilla going over like the on yeah, rushing people running the, away. The problem is these days now they people were still like there, there's fucking Mecha Godzilla. Everyone fucking knew it just don't yeah, don't don't have it in the trailer that, just take it yeah, away
0: yeah but we we predicted that before i pre, i predicted that before i i didn't really notice Mechagodzilla in the trailer cuz i wasn't stopping it and going through it frame by frame like people do and like doing yeah, a full but, trailer you, breakdown yeah but
1: then it's all of a sudden it's all over twitter it's everywhere and you can't escape yeah, but, it so then you know mega But you knew that was going to happen
0: you, i don't i don't get why you're getting annoyed about it cuz we all clearly knew something like that was
1: going to happen. Yeah, we right? knew we knew it was going to be some sort of team up, but we didn't know it was yeah. necessarily going to be Mecha Godzilla. That's what I'm saying. So if that ru- was a surprise, it would have been better. But yeah. because the internet ruins it, because they've put it in the trailer.
0: But the internet didn't ruin it. The trailer ruined
1: it. Well, yeah, but yeah, but if you didn't want tra- yeah, that, yeah, but shot the trailer be... was only in it. It was only in it for a slight second. So you like yeah, the normal you viewer have to... would have seen that and not maybe thought anything of it. Yeah, but, but, but film because, studios because say the internet no, people...
0: No, it's, it it's gets the blown studio. Up. If the studio didn't want it to be hinted at at all, they wouldn't have put that shot in the trailer. Can't blame the internet. You've got to blame the studio for the trailer. Yeah, I get it. Because they know, all, all, they all know just people so are going to go through. And still no, people don't know. get that. No. People, people these days, whenever a big trailer for a big blockbuster comes out,
1: people <laughs> yeah. are going to go through it and analyse it frame by frame. 100%. Batman versus Superman did it with Doomsday there was the shot of uh, Batman just like. I am grappling. not talking about
0: that anymore
1: there, oh, anyway there was a shot of uh, Batman just grappling away and uh, being hit by laser beams but the laser beams <laughs> were like obviously not fucking Superman's like you know yeah you read too much into I don't care anyway. I, I just okay, I don't care uh, right, anyway, do you know it annoys me what? where that sort of spoiled in the trailer that's what I'm saying
0: well, I think from, from David moaning about split-second shots of things that ruin stuff that we already predicted was going to happen because we watched way too many of these films and we know what's going yeah, to happen no, we anyway. We knew there was going
1: to be a team-up, but we didn't know it was yeah. Godzilla. That's what I'm saying.
0: Oh, I do The think trailer I don't ruined care. that. Right, well,
1: right, yeah.
0: Well, that's all for this week's show. Uh, we're not 100% sure on what we're going to be discussing on the next pod, but when we do know, we're going to throw it up on our Twitter. And as always, let us know what you like or what you don't like about the show. <clears throat> I mean, David's jokes, for example. But if you do like us please leave us a five star review on your podcast platform of choice see you next time did I even tell you about my dry skin problem
1: Neil Neil
0: are you there Neil has left his call <laughs> oh
1: you yeah. Road.